Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, associate producer and Starista's creative copy manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this bonus episode, Vincent talks with Starista co-founders AJ and Candy Gupta on the heels of the company's 10-year anniversary. AJ recalls how moving from India as a teenager led to his interest in wrestling. Candy finds gold in working with one of their first clients, and they both share who inspired their work ethic. Give it a listen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is another episode of the Marketing Stir brought to you by Starista. I am your host, Vice President of B2B Products, Vincent Petrofessa. It is a special episode for many reasons. It's a special bonus episode because today with me, usually my co-pilot, AJ Gupta, hosting the show with me. He is not hosting the show. I am asking AJ questions today. Not only AJ, but I am asking his wife, Candy Gupta, some questions today as well. They are the co-founders of Starista. We're celebrating our 10-year anniversary. We're celebrating so many different milestones, and we'll get to those in a moment. But it is my pleasure, a warm welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast, my guests Mr. AJ Gupta and Mrs. Candy Gupta. What's going on, you two? Hi, Vincent. Hello, hello. It's so great to hear from you, Candy. AJ, I hear from you all the time, but it is still good to hear from you. What's going on? You know, I'm pretty excited. I got this new power mic that uh, Candy got us uh, for my uh, podcast. So I think, uh, think she wasn't happy with some of my sound quality from the previous podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm glad you got that. I'm on my son's Fisher Price mic. Thank you so much, Starista, for that. But that's why I have to scream all the time because I'm using a child's microphone. I'm kidding, of course. But this is a special episode of the podcast. I'm very happy to be interviewing you two. There's some awesome things going on at Starista. Ten years. Can you two believe it that it's been ten years? Not really, no. Does does it, it does it does it feel like yesterday when you two started this company, or it feels like ages ago? The only reason I know it's been ten years is because you have aged by ten years. <laughs> yes, but I am forty-one. I still look. I finally look. You know, in my thirties, I've always looked at least two decades younger. Thank you, AJ, <laughs> for saying that. I appreciate it. But uh, we all can't be as, as fortunate as you and age so gracefully. But yeah, <laughs> ten years—it's—it's crazy. I've known both of you for ten years. I've been part of this organization for one year. I've also felt, in some way, I've been part of this organization longer, just because I've always checked in. I've always wanted to see what you know Starista was doing. I followed the growth, but there's some exciting times right now. Speaking of growth. There has been recent, if you've been seeing what we've been posting, we had an amazing, uh, some growth capital 
just uh, you know uh, awarded to us from Wavecrest P- Growth Partners in in a climate where companies are unfortunately in some cases going the other way. There's companies out there. Starista's thriving and growing, and and organizations like Wavecrest have confidence in us that we're going to grow in the future. Talk to me about that, AJ and Candy. Yeah, I think you know we did not plan this. Uh, obviously, the pandemic portion of it, so it's a little bit of a coincidence, but a uh, good one for us to be in this position. You'd rather be in a pandemic with a lot of capital in hand than no capital and pandemic. So um, we definitely started this process last year. So it wasn't, uh, it didn't happen because of the pandemic, but we are fortunate to be in this good situation right now. But we started the process last year. Uh, We've had some amazing years of growth uh, without any outside capital. But uh, we felt the timing was right last year in doing some acquisitions and consolidations of companies. And uh, we, we we felt we should go ahead and start that process last year. And then uh, we uh, finally picked Wavecrest as our preferred partner uh, earlier this year. And then uh, I didn't quite realize how much work there is. You're essentially going through 10 years of company history and financial documents and client information and all of those things. So uh, it took us a little while to get all of that thing, all of those things together. And that kind of, uh, we ended up in this pandemic while we were doing that. Uh, But to their credit, uh, Wavecrest uh, kept their faith in us and kept all of the terms that we had agreed upon. Yeah. And, you know, Wave, we're getting a, a great partner in Wavecrest, but they're getting a great partner in Starista. And it's, it's a, you know, a really good match. We are excited about it here at Starista and the future. But before we get into the future, let's take a look at the past. You all know AJ as my co-host and the CEO of Starista, but let's get to know his better half, Candy Gupta. Now, Candy, you are the overall vice president of the organization, co-founder. You do such an amazing job of keeping this company, the morale up, keeping this company a, a comfortable, a safe, a fun place to work. You know, you meet you meet every single one of the employees. You handle the onboarding. You handle uh, so much of the back end that we don't even see. But before you did that, it was you and AJ. You were selling, right? Ten years ago, were you on the? You were you were selling our services. Is that true? I was. I was. If any of you know me well, which most of you do, I don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not the extrovert in the family. <laughs> Let's just say that. I generally just take the back seat, let a J do all the talking. But in the beginning, it was really just the two of us. You know, we were in a tiny one-bedroom apartment. Our company office was a shared desk in our bedroom, and you know, we did we did everything. I was on sales calls and working on the website, uh, any collateral, you know, that was, that was just us. It was just me and him. (laughs) 
And now, Candy, tell us where where you grew up. Uh, you know, what was your was your background in marketing and sales? Uh, you know, talk to me about that. Uh, I I grew up mostly in kind of rural Illinois. I did not have any background in marketing or sales at all when we started uh, ten years ago. I was twenty three. So I didn't have a background in much of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, no, we really, we really just decided, okay, we're going to do this. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't have the, the capital at that point to hire anyone to make phone calls. So, so I, I had to do it. And um, I think overall it, it went okay. I definitely got better over time. You know, and, Take me back to a lot of we 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 polled our our fellow you know Starista employees here. Take it back a little bit. Where did you and AJ meet? That that's a question that you know like uh, where did you meet? Uh, you know how did this you know first romance and then how did this business partnership happen? What was AJ's pickup line? I, I just I'm I'm curious as his friend for so many years. You know um, you know. Tell me about that. Uh, well, we we met on Fourth of July mm-hmm. at a fireworks party in the park here in San Antonio. I don't honestly remember his uh, quote unquote pickup line. <laughs> um, he didn't I, need one. That's how smooth he, he is. He didn't even need apparently, one. Apparently, <laughs> apparently. Um, but I do, I do remember that day very, very well. It was 4th of July, which if most of you know, probably it's a Jay's favorite holiday. He loves fireworks. And, I did not know that. Yep. It was, it, it's his favorite holiday. Um, and we were at a fireworks party, essentially waiting for the fireworks to be set off. Well, it started raining. And not horrible raining, but enough to be uncomfortable to stand outside for the next three hours mm-hmm. waiting for the fireworks to start. So I do not care for standing outside in the rain <laughs> for many hours waiting for fireworks. And it's a credit to him <laughs> because we, you know, we had been talking and I think he could tell that he could tell that I did not care for standing outside in the rain. And we ended up leaving before the fireworks even started. And we went to see a movie. We went to see Hancock, the the great hit by Will Smith. Oh, the Will Smith movie. Yeah, right. Yes. Is that because all the others were sold out? Like that's uh I think so. I think so. I don't think it was, it was, (laughs) certainly wasn't the plan. Uh, It was probably the only one that was, that was playing in, in the right time frame. And I think neither one of us really wanted to end the, you know, end, end with just not seeing fireworks. So we went to see a movie and the rest of its history, I suppose. (laughs) That's awesome. And then how old were you two? Uh, was this uh, after college? Yes, I was 21. It's 2008. 2008. Wow. So it was, I was still in, in school. He, yeah. he had finished. 
and and then you know fast forward uh you know what is that 12 years you know married two beautiful children uh you know just uh, i got you know i love hanging with them and meeting got to meet them and and here we are that's awesome that that's awesome so it's you know fireworks rain hancock you know <laughs> that's uh, uh got it so candy the i wanted the you know thanks for sharing that story with us so those those early days you know don't like to sell you're not the extrovert AJ's the extrovert that that's you know i that i get and he's you know he's made so many great strides over the years i love it so the those first what are those first phone calls like yeah you know do you remember the first phone call that you've done that you did at Strista? i don't know if if i remember the very first one i do very vividly remember at least one of the first calls i i was making it was to mark boyd at equifax Mm. and i was not handling the build-up to the call well (laughs) i i don't do well under under pressure and i I wouldn't say that I had a panic attack. I think a Jay might say that, <laughs> but I definitely remember tears um, leading up to, you know, two minutes before the call, me thinking and probably saying out loud that I cannot do this. Um, but, you know, I, I did and it went fine. But from my point of view, you know, it was me young trying to pitch to a company like Equifax, mm-hmm. you know, a major player at Equifax. And and I, I was not prepared emotionally to handle that. Did you remember how it went? Did what did you did you, you know, the client say yes? Did you know they say no and you but but you got through it? I got through it. I got through it. I think with most big companies like that, that wasn't the determining call. That wasn't the deciding call. It was, you know, one of the first introductions with them. Um, I think he he did say no <laughs> eventually. <laughs> you know, we still have not sold to Mark Boyd to this day, and many of us have tried and failed, but maybe after he watches the podcast, he'll feel yes. better. <laughs> Mark Boyd, we've got great things happening here at Starista. Give us a call. We put it out there. You got to put it out to the universe. But well, so that was a no. And look, it being in sales and and uh, you know our own VP of sales, David Bailey, will say the the no is no is better than a maybe. Do you remember your first sale? I do. I do. It was for cash for gold. Okay. <laughs> if you can imagine that. Yep. for gold the the idea that they had was you know we sent out emails and they wanted the clients to send their gold back in via mail to them and have it appraised or however you judge the value of gold weigh it I'm not sure exactly what they were gonna do uh, but yes they wanted, the clients to mail 
their gold to them. And then I believe they would send them a check for what it was worth back. But this, this was all happening over the Christmas holiday. So I don't remember if it was December 23rd or 24th, but we were in Houston with who is now my in-laws, uh, Ajay's parents, and we were at NASA, touring NASA, touring the shuttles and everything. And they called about every half an hour, <laughs> checking on the deployments, checking on this, changing that, wanting updates. And I, I definitely remember remember that that client. Yeah, yeah, we've definitely been there with, uh, you know, clients who sometimes get, you know, get nervous and, you know, but hey, that's your first client. I don't know about sending my gold away. And then I'm like, what if I don't like the appraisal? Do they send it back? Like, that's, uh, but hey, you know, I'm, I'm sure it worked. I think they still are around. I don't think they're a customer of ours anymore, right? So I could safely say that. All right. So, <laughs> uh, you know, moving along, I want to find out what prompted you to to say let's start a company were were you both at other jobs and uh, unhappy what what prompted you to to say hey let's do this yes i can i can take that one um we so i, I was working full time and that was one of the reasons why uh candy had to take a lot of these uh, calls because I had a pretty eight to five job with a one hour lunch in between. And so that's, uh, she had to do kind of the the calls and stuff and I could spend time on it um, at nights and weekends and whatnot. Uh, but I think the part that made us think we should start our own company was uh, we, you know, Starista was born right after the uh, last recession and we kind of realized there were lots of things that were out of our control uh, when working somewhere. And we were also generally unhappy with the, I would say you know, it wasn't a bad job, but there was definitely issues with health insurance and uh, some, some basic uh, happiness of things that uh, we thought, hey, you know what, if we did, if we built a company, we'll do it differently. And some of the things, you know, from very early on, we offered health insurance, for example. So those were kind of things that uh, we we saw as a problem. Um, and uh, we, we, I'd say we never really expected it to grow this big. It was, it started more as a uh, side project more than anything else. So it took a couple of years for us to even have enough clients where both of us could do it full time. Uh, but uh, I think the genesis of it was, uh, I think uh, we worked at uh, places that were not so great and it led us to think, hey, we can we can do this better and be sort of masters of our own destiny. And so like, did you, like the company itself, AJ, did you kind of say, you know, you weren't involved necessarily in data and marketing. What, what, what kind of made you, say, this is the type of company I want to start? Yeah, so uh, I had a, uh, 
mailing list newsletter when I was a teenager. So I was generally familiar with uh, the concept of advertising. Um, I had a website, one of the early ones before programmatic, or programmatic was just coming on, double click was just kind of coming to market. And so I would sell ads on my website. And this was, again, I was a teenager, so any money was uh, good money at that point. And then I had a newsletter uh, that had gotten pretty popular and we were placing ads on the uh, newsletter as well. So I had a general idea of that. And then uh, when I was in grad school, I uh, had uh, briefly worked on the uh, Hillary Clinton campaign as well. Uh, for her Texas uh, run against Obama in the primary. So I had a general feel for data that uh, I'd gotten uh, along with kind of my web design and mailing list skills. So uh, initially when we started, we were looking at uh, maybe creating something that was along kind of multicultural marketing lines. And uh, that's kind of what uh, the world I knew from working with the, the Clinton campaign and my experience in advertising. But as kind of time went on, uh, we evolved into a much more full service technology uh, company. But that was the original uh, reason why we got into marketing. It was something I had done as a teenager, not at the scale we're doing today, but I still had a general uh, feel for how how the marketing world had worked and it had evolved quite a bit even from the days of uh, link exchange to programmatic uh, by the time we started the company and let's you know you, you mentioned something there that really stands out to me as well it's like you started an an email newsletter at 14 years old uh, to, to, you know, most 14-year-olds are not starting an email newsletter, let alone monetizing it. Talk to me about that. And now, and, and, and um, for those of you who may not know this, this is when you, uh, this is during your childhood in India. Is that correct? Uh, a little bit after. So, and that's actually one of the reasons why. So, uh, my family moved to U.S. when I was 13. And, uh Basically, there are people that are talented singers and uh, you know musicians and whatnot. But I really only had kind of one life skill, which was playing cricket. And uh, I had uh, grown up since probably about four, uh, playing cricket maybe three hours a day, uh, and even longer over summers. So when when we moved, it was a little bit of a shock because there was no cricket in uh, San Francisco. Um, and you know now there's more leagues and more kind of Silicon Valley, but we were right in the city and there was really no cricket going on. So uh, I had suddenly had kind of this uh, void hole in my uh, time schedule. And so I was, uh, uh, and, and I didn't know anybody in the new country either. So one of the things I got into was uh, professional wrestling at that point it was at its height with the uh, WWF and WCW and the NWO and all of those things going on. So I got fascinated by that. Uh, and so I started this newsletter uh, and eventually uh, webs. Actually, I started the website first and it was really just my 
top 10 ranking for the week based on how the matches were going. And again, I didn't know anybody and uh, we had moved here over summer, so there was not a chance to meet anybody. So this was like the first uh, four months of uh, literally not knowing anyone. And so I was watching pro wrestling and renting VHS tapes from public libraries to watch old stuff. And this was all quite fascinating uh, coming from a country that's much more conservative at that point anyway. So I started writing about that and uh, you know, it was really more of a hobby the first, uh, I would say eight months. And then uh, something kind of dramatic happened. I all of a sudden started getting emails from people and newsletter or, or re requests for interview from professional wrestlers. And I was thinking, what the heck is going on? And turned out at that point, uh, Alta Vista and Lycos, which were, I think, number two and number three in search engine rankings, uh, my, my website had started showing up when you searched uh, professional wrestling and WWF as number two and number three on that list. So it was a little bit crazy, uh, but that's how I kind of uh, flukishly built a uh, large following. And again, this is early days of the internet. So there was not as many commercial uh, websites. There weren't so many other competitive websites and even the WWF website back then was pretty bare bones. So this was a, this was kind of a, a, just having a website kind of put us in the map and the fact that I was updating it. And this was before blogs, but this was essentially a blog uh, before we had a name for blogs. So that was, I think, one of the reasons it got popular. And then the, uh, the ranking thing really got uh, caught on because uh, there are a lot of, uh, you hear about the big wrestlers, but most of the uh, smaller, small time wrestlers are, you know, struggling to make ends meet even today. And they really wanted to be featured on this list. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of how it all started. That's pretty cool. I mean, that, that's that's a great way to make friends uh, at a, in a new environment. Hey, I started this wrestling, uh, you know, website and newsletter and, and wrestlers are reaching out. So that's pretty cool. The early years, Candy, you mentioned, you know, that desk, right? You're working right next to each other. Uh, I met my wife at the same company. We worked in different different cities, and that was not always the most easy thing to do. You got both of you are at the same desk. You're working. Uh, talk to me about those those early years, the struggles, and then you know when you started. You started seeing a little bit of the light at the end of the tunnel. There goes for either of you. We were honestly so busy, whether it was, you know, client work or, you know, us just trying to improve, update, anything that it really didn't, I don't think it impacted us negatively <laughs> as, you know, a couple, obviously we did end up getting married and having children and we still are married. So uh, we, you know, we made it through, but I, I honestly don't remember it being being a big deal that we were constantly working together because we both were constantly working. And after a little while, we, we sort of did um, stay in our own lanes, so to speak. 
And I think that helped a lot too. You know, I wasn't going to give him advice on a sales call since I could barely you know, manage to, to, to get on a call. And so I think, I think that helped a lot, but, but yeah, we were honestly just busy 24 seven. And, and I think that that definitely helped with the ease. And then now AJ, you know, you and Candy are you're in an industry that you've never been in before. I remember, so you know, I remember meeting you ten years ago. You were yeah new to the industry. Uh, I had already been in like ten years, but you it didn't take you long to kind of start meeting people, and you know, you would show up at different events, and and you you both started to network yourselves. When did you hire? your first employee other than you and Candy? What would, who, when and who was that? Uh, so I believe it was uh, maybe 2013. Uh, wow. So, the, yeah, okay. So a few and, years after. Yeah, a few years after. And uh, that was uh, actually my friend, uh, Robert from uh, grad school, and uh, I forget exactly what his degree is in, but it's something to do with he has a master's in the study of insects. So uh, this was a, he, he was looking for a full time job in that. And as you can imagine, the uh, job market for that is uh, somewhat limited. So uh, he uh, he agreed to come on and uh, basically be my uh, CRM guy and outreach guy. And he is uh, he makes candy look like an extra work. So uh, this was, uh, but he was exceptional and we still have not found anyone to this day who could match him in uh, sending out emails. He could send out 500 prospecting emails a day. And uh, that, that was kind of how he was setting up meetings. And we still have clients kind of from, uh, his efforts back in the day. Oh, wow. Take that, Dan Ludwig. Yeah, 500 emails. To- <laughs> yeah, uh, we called uh, Robert the uh, human uh, CRM machine long before we could afford Salesforce. Oh, wow. That's that, that's awesome. So that's a few years in. And, and yeah, I should mention we did have a couple of guys in, in India before that uh, on the product side, and they're still with the company. So, uh, uh, Saurabh Mishra and uh, Anand Verma, who's uh, returning to Starista after uh, uh, after a brief gap of one year. So we're kind of fortunate to be have uh, some of the uh, original folks still with us. And so, you know, in the is you, is the business or the as the focus changed in the first five years and the vision to where it is now. How has it changed the first five to the last five? So the uh, first five was really all about data. We were going out and trying to license and uh, uh, sell data to anybody who would um, who wanted data. And a large focus was this kind of thriving uh, reseller community that uh, you and I were part of when I first started the company. I remember walking down DMA and there were nothing but list brokers and you really had to get in with the list brokerage community in order to move the data. 
And uh, so that was kind of the initial focus. And I would say in the last five years, our focus is not so much to sell data. I mean, we love a good data licensing deal just as much as anybody else, but it's also about solution, selling uh, complete solutions to companies and uh, uh, the, the brokerage communities, of course, kind of has been decimated at this point. There's very few list brokers left and um, part, partially that, but uh, obviously it, we, we like having that direct interaction with customers as well. And so I would say we're really more in the uh, solutions business now in helping companies figure out what to do with the email or uh, digital IDs and creating a whole campaign for them uh, versus just uh, licensing data. Yeah, I agree. I remember the first time meeting you, it was very much, you know, data, data as data as a service, but really, and, and especially really B2B data, but watching the company over the years and seeing the the growth and the expansion in different areas, uh, in in areas of helping business to consumer clients, a whole suite of managed services. The data is still at the forefront, but it's changed drastically. So, uh, with that, I'd like to ask both of you this question here. You know what? You know what do you think has changed so much? Um, or surprised you most along Starista's journey from the fa- when you found it to today? I think probably the uh, most surprising part has been, you know, when you start out, you're always kind of worried about, oh my God, there's Axiom and Epsilon already in the data business. So, you know, what, why, why is anybody going to buy from a little old uh, company in San Antonio? And I think that's kind of the, it's a mental hurdle that a lot of startups have. And so as we have gained confidence, uh, both in our technology and data, as well as uh, our sales abilities, uh, of which you're a big part, um, I think we've realized there is really, if, if all things being being equal, there is really nobody we can't uh, sell to or compete against. And I think that that's really the self-realization for a company that takes it from you know, a couple of million dollars to a much bigger uh, valuation and revenue stream. So I think that's that was probably the biggest realization we had. And for that to have happened, we had a couple of big wins directly with brands. And we started believing, hey, this is a compelling story. If we're beating out major agencies, major data companies for some of these deals, we, we can make anything happen and we can sell to anybody. And Candy, how about you? What's been the biggest surprise these last 10 years? I would say, say similar along those lines. You know, when we, when we first started, I don't think where we are now would, would have even been in our wildest imagination. I think maybe in, you know, some sort of fantasy world in, in our, in our dreams, but but definitely just the fact that we were able to go from you know just the two of us and then just a couple of people to to now 
you know, having offices in different states and having, you know, people, a lot of people working with us, I think, I think it's just a insane how, how much we were able to grow really organically, essentially without, I mean, we definitely put in the work, but, you know, without that plan to start with. Yeah, for sure. I would imagine. And, you know, you two, uh, you know, married work-life balance is very difficult to begin with. Add in a period of time where, you know, both working from home, you, you two are now teachers, right? Because you have to teach, you know, uh, your, your, your seven-year-old. Uh, how has that been over the last few months, you know, for, for you two? It, it has been interesting, <laughs> as I think it has been for the rest of the world. Uh, we definitely, both Ajay and I learned a lot of new things from our first graders' homework that we either forgot or did not learn in first grade. <laughs> um, I, I think we all sort of got used to the flow of the day, but in the beginning it was, it was difficult. I mean, it was difficult for everyone, you know, you know that Vincent, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, having to lock ourselves in a different room and the, the other one, you know, watch the children or keeping our two-year-old from destroying our first graders homework so we can turn that in. It, it was definitely an interesting, interesting few months. Yeah, you definitely learn a lot about, you know, yourselves and, and, you know, I I luckily didn't have to do any teaching because my son's only, only three. So I can't even imagine what that's like, but just the fact of, I, you know, I mentioned that on the podcast, I was, I had to live with my in-laws for 50 days. I, I don't, I didn't want to see them 50 days in my entire lifetime. And now it's, and I had to live with them and we had a, we had a new baby during that time. Uh, we had to get out of New York city, which is the, is the epicenter of this thing. And yeah, it's, it's been, it's been crazy, but you know, there's always been the constant for me has been obviously my family, but work, you know, work goes on and Strista goes on and, and, and Strista has been very fortunate throughout this time. Uh, not that we advertise this or publicize this, but, we don't, we didn't have to do any layoffs. We, we were adding pieces even prior to the growth capital that we had received. And, uh, you know, I think we at Sarista and, and a testament to you two have kept the morale up by having like, you know, send in certain pictures and contests and, and name this product and happy hours. So, you know, we, we, you know, we appreciate that speaking on the employee's behalf. But, you know, work, you know, we're talking about life at home is crazy. Work can be crazy. Talk to me about the craziest kind of starista startup incident or or story that's ever happened. What what would you say, like the craziest story that you had to deal with? Uh, could be either one of you. Um, well, for me, I think it was probably uh, back back in the beginning for the first few years, we didn't 
really have the money and we couldn't even imagine spending, you know, what we do now on travel budgets and budgets for conferences. But back then, especially, you really had to go to things like the DMA if you wanted to have any any business at all. So we would, or I would, basically load up our booth, load up any collateral, any handouts, anything we wanted to take with in the car. And I would drive to wherever the conference was that year. And this particular incident was to the DMA in Las Vegas. I think it was 2012 or 2011. I think it was 12. And I loaded up the car. I loaded up the car with my two dogs who I would take with because we didn't have anyone to watch them. (laughs) So they would come with. And I drove to Las Vegas. Well, I don't know if you've ever had the the pleasure of driving on 10 through West Texas, Vincent, Mm -hmm. but um, there's there's nothing there. (laughs) I mean nothing. You can go 150 miles and not see a gas station. So I I guess I wasn't paying attention or something happened and I ran out of gas in the middle of nowhere (laughs) with, you know, a car full of stuff and two dogs. And, and luckily for me, it wasn't you know, August, it was November. So it wasn't 120 degrees. And I was able to call and get, get a, get a fill up on gas. But that to me was definitely the craziest mm-hmm. thing that, that happened. Well, that that's crazy on so many levels. It's, you know, you're, you're, you're driving a booth to the conference that that's like that just shows like the the early days and then you got two dogs with you there's nothing going on oh and you know i run out of gas with this big old booth in my uh in my back uh seat that's crazy uh, that is aj did you want to share one as well you know what i actually have a good one that you'll remember uh and so this is actually sim i think it was the same vegas trip where uh, i uh me, you, and uh, your then intern, Evan, uh, had uh, met up at, uh, I think it was Cosmo, and Evan, who I think was 20 or had just turned 21, was uh, trying to keep up uh, drinking with us uh, at our prime <laughs> drinking ages. <laughs> and I remember he eventually uh, threw up in the uh, fountain of that uh, uh, hotel and then passed out on the uh, kind of the uh, terrace of the uh, of Cosmo r- right in the middle of the party and then we we did not see him for another day or so <laughs> yeah i know that that was, it was like his first conference and he wasn't trying to impress anyone he he was trying to impress us by drinking but you know <laughs> when when you're at your first conference you're supposed to be on your best behavior uh evan still can't outdrink AJ and I. Let's just put that out there. You know, let's you know, let's talk about the most challenging time in the company's history. Uh, you know, is it was it was it COVID? Was it before that? It, and and what was it? And how did 
you both lead Starista through it? Yeah, so I want to say it was maybe four or five years ago. And uh, what happened was we had become increasingly, uh, well, we, we had built a business around selling to other companies or resellers and agencies. So uh, all of a sudden we were we were doing work for both AT&T and uh, T-Mobile at that time. And they were unfortunately both through resellers and uh, we'd done it for at least two years with each of them and the company was coasting. And then all of a sudden the uh, agencies lost the work uh, and it all happened in kind of a two, three month span. And together they made up about 30, 40% of our revenue at that point. Um, so that was kind of probably the most uh, going from like, hey, we, we've made it, we're cruising along. And uh, all of a sudden for that to happen, it made us realize our business model was a little bit flawed. We really needed more end user clients and more control over what uh, we were, uh, who we were selling to. And so we, we kind of went back to the drawing board um, and uh, drew out clients. We could license things too. So it was really kind of almost like uh, starting over. Uh, and I remember, uh, I remember it being a difficult situation. And uh, uh, back then, I think we had David Bailey and maybe one or two other salespeople. So I was primarily selling as well. So it was both professionally as well as personally stressful for me. Wow. Well, we certainly, you know, you certainly pull us through it. Uh, talk to me about some of the exciting things ahead for Starista. Well, I think I've made no bones about it. My ideal situation for us is uh, five years down the line, or hopefully maybe even sooner, is to uh, be a public company and kind of what's happened in the last uh, couple of years with, or not last couple of years, but last couple of weeks with Zoom Info going public and the uh, kind of valuation they have had is just kind of re-emphasized that for me is uh, that's a that's a great path for us to happen if we can if we can do that um, I you know for for me uh, at going public at a billion dollar valuation that's kind of what uh, is driving me to keep working as hard as I did when we first started the company. Yeah, I, that, that's uh, that's great. You know, it's uh, a, a nice goal to have, and uh, you know, hopefully, we're, we're we're primed for that. A few more questions. Is that okay with you two? I want to get just some fun ones here, um, if that's all right. Yeah, 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 we can work. So, for both of you, who inspired you growing up, and why? Uh, I would say for me. Um... I was an only child, so um, spent a lot of time with my uh, parents. And I remember my dad was uh, doing his uh, MBA and my mother was doing her PhD while I was, uh, you know, I was probably uh, five or six or seven, something along those lines. So it was kind of a, a challenging time for both of them to be working full time and doing um, their degrees as well. And then uh, I remember my uh, 
grandmother as well uh she was a uh she was i think maybe four foot ten but kind of this uh personality that kept the uh, family together uh, for a long time. Uh, so those were kind of my personal influences. And again, kind of growing up as an only child, uh, spent a lot more time with uh, my parents and my uh, grandmother than most people do probably. How about for you, Candy? I would say on the same sort of note, my my parents were definitely... Um, always super hardworking. They were both in the army. And so we, you know, I had a different situation where I had two brothers very close in age to me. But uh, so we also spent a lot of time with my grandmother. (laughs) And I just always remember, you know, my parents having to, you know, go away for a month or two at a time. And we would stay with my grandma, but I think that definitely instilled like a very, um, very hard worth work ethic and, you know, dedication to sort of what you're doing. And um, sometimes you have to make small sacrifices here and there uh, to get where you ultimately want to be in the end. And they were also, you know, most of that time they were in school as well trying to you know get get degrees yeah i know you know it's uh from yeah for me it's, so it, it's my my mother my mom was a single mother and just worked hard and worked three jobs so yeah parents and grandparents what's better than that right so thank you for sharing that with us a fun one here uh you know around our office we always in san antonio there's game of thrones memorabilia star wars you know a Candy, I'm, I don't know if you're interested in, in, in Game of Thrones or Star Wars, uh, you know, as well. But you know, AJ, Candy, what Star Wars character do you think uh, is most like you? These are some questions from your fellow employees. I I will say uh, so. I'm not actually a big Star Wars person, but I'll wow. say Luke, Luke Skywalker only because he's the uh, name that I know and is usually the answer to the trivia pursuit questions. But I'll let Candy answer about the uh, Star Wars character. <laughs> I, that's correct. He's he's not the Star Wars fan. I am a pretty decent Star Wars fan. Nice. I, I wouldn't say that I am the biggest Star Wars fan in the office by far, but I would say probably Princess Leia. I I would I think that's that's who I am. I don't I don't actually believe that I'm as fierce as that, but maybe, maybe she's who I would aspire to be. That's awesome. See, I, I didn't know you were such a big fan. Yeah. That's awesome. I, uh, yeah, I love star Wars. Hey, you know what? This is kind of a funny story. We uh, went over to the Reina's house a couple of years ago and they uh, busted out the uh, star Wars trivia pursuit. And you can imagine it was two hours of nonstop fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and look, I, I apologize. I'm, I assume because like my wife, she hates Star Wars, but Candy's like, well, actually, you know, I, you know, I've watched every single one of them nine times. So take that. Awesome, I love it. I'm a big Star Wars fan as well. Haven't finished Game of Thrones yet. About four seasons in, I know I'm the worst. A couple other questions, if you don't mind. You know, we have been growing 
And we have employees, as most companies do, variety of ages. What about a message for our, our new young employees that we have there? Just maybe it's their first job, just starting out as a company. What would be some advice for them? Yeah, so my advice for both kind of uh, people at Starista who are new as well as people just starting jobs in general is uh, I think a lot of people, if they're coming into a successful company, don't quite realize all of the work that goes into uh, running a company successfully for there's so many different parts and so many different departments just in this podcast you know we have two producers we have graphic designers we have people posting it on social and then uh, so I, i think there's a lot of work that goes into it and often what i see happening is uh, people are uh, starting their job they're learning a very narrow portion of uh, what uh, what what their career is going to be and feel like hey i'm i'm ready to go uh, i'm ready for my next raise so i think that's kind of uh, it's the this and i think part of it is people a generation that's been born with cell phones in their hand are used to having things at their fingertips and feel like they have all of the knowledge uh, starting out but i'd say you know try to learn as much as you can not just from uh, your boss but also uh, from your coworkers kind of look for the uh, good things not every coworker is going to be great but a lot of people can teach you a lot of things and we're certainly mindful of that as we're hiring new people blending in experience and uh, still hiring out of college as well so take this opportunity to learn a lot of things there's a lot of room to grow i certainly keep learning new things uh from you know learned about this kind of the data business from folks like you being around you guys and uh and then as we have brought in Hamid learning so much from him on how the digital marketing space works and I kind of thought of myself as a digital marketing expert and I I realized how wrong I was I don't know what uh, first bid and second bid even means so I think uh, we we all uh have a lot to learn and I think that's the if we go in with that mentality versus hey you know what i i'm here 3 months pretty much have learned everything i need to learn and uh um if you give me work i'll do it but otherwise you know i'm i don't have anything to do and so having a good attitude uh is to me what it's all about and being patient about uh learning new things uh, those are probably the most important qualities that i look for with that you know that's that's great advice there i'd like to ask both of you this question i think it's a it's a nice question to leave the audience with what advice do you wish the two of you had 10 years ago when you started the company and why for me i would say um looking back probably the advice i would uh, give myself is uh not not all revenue is good revenue it's something i've learned especially during this kind of capital raise process is uh there is revenue that is worth 10 times more than other revenue and then there's clients some of the most or 
some of the most hours we have spent on clients are kind of the smaller clients and the more difficult clients. And um, we should not hesitate to say no uh, to clients. That's what I have really learned. I could think of so many hours I would have gained back in my day if I had turned down just 5% of the business. And it's hard to do when you're starting out uh, you want to take on everything and you want to uh, say yes to everybody. But uh, looking back, uh, if I had said no to some of those opportunities, probably would have given me time to chase some of the other opportunities. But that's one of the big changes you know we're making in the company is uh, focusing on what's kind of the bigger opportunities and where we can actually be helpful versus taking on something just because we think we can do it. How about you, Candy? I think I would probably tell myself and the Jay that, you know, even even during the times that it was a little bit stressful or, you know, difficult when we were first starting out or even, you know, when we had sort of a difficult time a few years ago and, and now that, you know, it's just it's it's temporary and overall what we've been able to accomplish. Uh, outweighs any any minor stress uh, along the way so so much that I would I would say definitely just try not to stress so much about about all the little the little hiccups or if something didn't go exactly the way that you know we thought it was going to go yeah no I think that both valuable advice last question a fun one I know you both like to travel, especially you, Candy. After all this is done, I mean, ten years, great, you know, of of this company. All you've done, you guys deserve a vacation, Candy. You've been to over twenty countries. Once everything kind of settles down, where do you want to go? What's a, what's a place where uh, not Vegas in a car with two dogs, uh, obviously, but where do you want to? You know, what's the next place? What was your favorite place? What's the next place you want to travel to? I would say um, my favorite place to go would be Africa in general. We've been to uh, Zambia, South Africa, and Kenya, and I loved all of them so much. In Kenya, we went to Masai Mara, which is a large reserve, uh, animal reserve. I would say that that was definitely my favorite place to go was was there um greece was also an amazing place so i guess i have two favorite places uh (laughs) greece we loved it was so much different from africa whereas in greece you know you're just learning about all the history of essentially you know the dawn of civilization as it were and in africa you know it's just sort of wild nature um, so if I, if I had to choose somewhere to go next, I would probably say Egypt. Oh, and nice. I, know, I know that's going to be a Jay's answer too, but we've been thinking about it for the past year <laughs> or longer, a lot longer, really. Um, but I would say Egypt is definitely the the place I would like to go next. That's awesome. Well, look, there's a lot to celebrate. Ten amazing years 
I am so honored to be a very, very, very small piece uh, of the, you know, that and, and hopefully a large piece of where we're going. This has been awesome. I mean, look, two people who started this at a desk is look, look at the accolades. I'll say them. You don't have to say them, you know, at age, best places to work, you know, Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies, multiple echo awards, uh, rising star awards from the direct marketing uh, edge awards. So many, you know, the leukemia lymphoma man of the year, it keeps getting better now with this new growth capital taking us into the future. Uh, the two of you and the rest of the leadership taking us into the future. Uh, it's bright. And I just thank you both for allowing me to be a part of it. Thank you so much for uh, having, uh, you know, uh, you know, doing this interview. Uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, our founders, AJ Gupta, Candy Gupta, thank you so much for joining us on the Marketing Stir. Uh, tune, you know, AJ, I can't wait till you're back in the, the co-host chair. But thank you so much for your time. And thank you for enjoying this special bonus episode of the Marketing Stir. I am your host, Vincent Petrofessa. Thank you and talk soon. Well, thank you, Vincent. Uh, we appreciate you having us. And uh, we think what makes us unique is also our ability to do this with people we like. We enjoy our producer, Jared, was uh, uh, lived uh, maybe a block away from me Um when we were in grad school. And then, of course, I've known you for about 10 years, and we have multiple people uh, like that at Starista, and I think that's what uh, makes us unique is you you can have fun and you can still build something that uh, that is going to be big and massive. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think there's there's definitely a family aspect to this company, and uh, and I mean this by saying it, it is people like you and Candy that you want to do well because of people like you. You want to succeed. Yes, there's like, oh, you want to succeed for, you know, revenue and goals and commissions and, and whatever as a salesperson. But we also want to do well for people like you too. And that is uh, the environment that you created and that we're all part, uh, we're all happy to be a part of. And so we appreciate that. So thank you both again. Uh, this has been awesome. And I hope uh, to see you both in person very soon. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Vincent. You're welcome. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at info at themarketingstir.com. Thanks for listening.